0: Into another great edition of the sports show, man. Just it's hard to listen to that song and not be in a spectacular mood on this Thursday evening as we uh, help bring the week work week to a close. So much to talk about. Actually, just a little bit to talk about, but we're going to get into uh, some good things. Uh, Of course, the NFL is not letting us forget that they still exist so glad they do that. What would we do? I mean, we would just, if games aren't being played, how do we remember there's a football league? Yeah. It's not even a good April Fool's joke. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Uh, hopefully, uh, you were either the one playing the pranks or, I'll be honest, you get older. It, it's not that your, your pranks get any better. You just don't do them on national holidays about pulling pranks. There's 364 other days that are more appropriate. Just saying. Um, gosh, like I said, we're going to talk about the NFL. We're going to preview the matchup KSU has coming up this weekend. Uh, I got a cool note about the Hawks. Uh, there is some baseball to talk about as well. I was able to catch the end of today's Braves game. That was, that was pretty cool. Well, and by catching, I it on the radio when I got to the park. I was able to catch it on the radio, Um, one of my favorite places to take in a Braves game. But first, I want to start with Rugby Atlanta. Rugby Atlanta. You know, we talked about them last week in round one. See, they don't call them week one, week two. No, it's rounds. In round one, they picked up the victory, as we said, against Toronto Arrows. This past weekend, was able to. I just downloaded the uh, it's the, the rugby. i on, let me get exactly what it's called uh, the Rugby Network app, or you can go to the rugbynetwork.com. I think I also watched it there. You just download the app, or you you go on the website, you sign up for free. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't hurt anything. You can watch live rugby. You can watch. Uh, archives rugby and it's not just the mlr you want to watch some of the other leagues from around the world they're on there it's one of the best deals around this is how good this deal is you guys know back in the day i've covered everything from indoor football to uh, other things like that indoor football you have to pay per game to watch that to stream that and great that was a few years ago but this is rugby this is free rugby New to the game, go watch a couple games. You'll kind of get the feel for it. You'll kind of figure out some uh, some of the stuff going on. A fan of the game, you probably already have the app. Indifferent, not sure you want to check out rugby, go get the app. Watch some games. If you don't like it after that, fine. Tell me to convince you of something else. I'm just saying. But this past weekend... They traveled to D.C., that's Washington, D.C., to take on Old Glory D.C., as I said last week, a.k.a. second coolest name in the MLR. Behind, of course, you got a Rugby ATL. Now, uh, Atlanta missed. I'm, I'm going to go over my, my notes from the game. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what was said at the, uh, the press conference. That was cool. That was my first press conference with Rugby Atlanta, even though it was via Zoom, I kind of like Zoom. I, I love being there in, per, in person, of course. But I, I very much enjoy these Zoom press conferences. And Rugby Atlanta, actually, Rugby ATL actually does them a little differently from most of the other ones I've done. I like this format better. That being said, uh, ATL, they missed their first um, – They missed their first uh, attempt at points. Point kick. Uh, Ogdc ends up coming back in and, and uh, hitting theirs. A penalty kick, I believe, is what it's called. Or, or you can go ahead and take the point. You can take the points instead of trying to uh, to run in on a stoppage and things like that. You have to declare it because once you declare it, it is what it is. Atl was able to uh, get it back and tie it up three to three. Uh, with their second attempt at a kick by Robbie Petzer, who was new to the squad, and what a great addition he was, we'll get to another great addition here shortly. Uh, Robbie Petzer was money all day long. He lined up and hit it like it was nobody's business. Uh, now the the uh, the rugby ATL defense they they really caused a ruckus. They caused a turnover. were able to uh, get the ball back at one point, and then. D.C. takes it back. They hit the penalty kick. A penalty kick is like a field goal. Let's put it that way, to, to put it in terms that maybe you guys uh, can understand. But that's the ones I'm talking about, where instead of continuing to try to push push forward and push forward, you can say, hey, I'm going to go for the kick. And so you go for the kick. That's called a penalty kick. Uh, but D.C. hit it. They went up 6-3. to three. Robbie Petzer struck again to bring it back to 6-6. Six to six. And then... Uh can't even read my writing. I know it was Rowan Gauss. That was it. Yep. Couldn't read my writing. Then Rowan Gauss for ATL gets the try. Bautista Escuri with the or with the uh the uh extra kick on at the end. That made it 13 to 6. 16 to 6 as Robbie hits Robbie Petzer hit his third penalty kick of the afternoon. There was a yellow card in the second half given to ATL's Connor Keys. I think it's when either things get a little rough, or sometimes it's it's just a, it's a penalty. It's what it is. It's 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 not necessarily a, phys, a physicality thing. Uh, most of the time, it's just a uh, hey, you know, you're not supposed to push like that, push a pile like that, or jump on somebody. I, I don't even remember what he did. But either way. That means for a good solid 10 minutes of game time, you're down a player. So instead of 14, you got 13. Or instead of 15, you got 14. Um, During this, Schultz for OGDC, old glory there, gets a try, which makes it 16 to 13. And then before we can do anything else about it, Danny Tusitala. Apparently is a big standout in the league. I learned that uh, they really love calling him uh, Big D and and uh, Danny. I think there's Satala. It's hard for them to say or something. I don't know. But he gets the big try. It, it, he's, man. He was he was a beast for Old Glory. That made it twenty to sixteen them. Then a yellow card goes to DC for Stanley South. With uh, I think Connor had about two or three minutes left on his, so there was a little bit of uh bleed over there. DC gets the penalty kick, goes up twenty-three to sixteen. Uh they got a big run off a of turnover right down the sideline, uh, which led to a DC's Nakatini gets the try, making it thirty to sixteen DC. Newcomer, brand new, newest guy to the team as of last week, just signed a few days before the game started. Mark O'Keefe, welcome to the ATL. He gets his first try of the season. He gets on the board. He brought he brought the guys back to within a, a try of 30 to 23. Not enough time left. There was only a couple minutes left when that happened. Your final OGDC with the win, 30 to 23. Man, it was a good game. It was a good game. There was those battles all around. All of a sudden, a bunch of score would erupt, and then a bunch of great defensive play would happen. It was just a physical battle, just a real physical battle. Um, there was the late charge and the push. It was just not quite enough. But uh, it, once again, as, as I said to uh, both the GM, Scott Lawrence, and the captain, uh, Matt Heaton, who were a part of the press conference, I felt like the same effort, the same high effort from game one was in this one, was also present in this one. I don't felt like, I didn't feel like they played less of a game or anything like that. Um, and I also asked both of them if uh, maybe weather, like the heat, were, were kind of a factor in play because towards the end of the game, uh, players from both sides were cramping up. It seemed like it was a little humid, like uh, the heat was really getting to them a little bit um, to which both of them said no I don't really think I wouldn't really say that they said um, a lot of it is uh, inexperience with this team there's a lot of newcomers a lot of uh, I can't remember which one of the two maybe it was uh, Captain Matt who said it it uh, a lot of times it comes down to you know in college you may play 17 game season and even with last year you may have played less or with other leagues that that uh, bleed into this one, you may play less, and then you get here, and and you're, you know, you're you're uh, suddenly in a, a thirty game, or because of you know everybody coming off of last year, just everything's different. Maybe the conditioning is not there yet. Not saying people are lazy. Not people. Not saying people are, are not fit. That has nothing to do with it. Everybody is on par with their fitness and things like that. It's just, just like with KSU, with this weird schedule, you weren't able to practice as much. You weren't able to get cohesive as a unit. You know, there's people in and out in the last couple weeks already. The team was prepared. They just come up a little short, and that happens. I said, got a chance to talk to uh, uh, the general manager Scott Lawrence and uh, Captain Matt Heaton. Uh they, they both had some good things to say. They they agreed that they felt like the effort was there and there's some things to work on and uh they saw some good things of course like they said there were some new players in there this week that weren't necessarily that weren't necessarily there last week or just moving some people around doing some different things. Um and they uh they said they're gonna get better. And uh, they're going to get better starting, you know, basically then, right then. I had a good time watch just streaming the game, just watching. Um, I will give you this: this this is something that shouldn't be new to anybody. But uh, in case in case you you didn't know, covering a game live, no matter where you are in a stadium, arena, on a field, wherever you get a completely different view and, and and feel to it than you do if you're watching on T V or or a live stream or even a, a you know an archive stream. You guys know that. You know, you attend a game, you get the you get the energy of everybody around you, the energy of things on the field. You see the view that you have from that seat when you watch on television, cable, computer, laptop smartphone however you watch that way you get the camera feed the camera feed is going to show you all kinds of different angles you do get to see a lot of stuff it's a lot easier to figure out it's a lot easier to figure out when things happen what exactly happens but there's nothing like being there live and I bring it up again I don't don't recall if they are sold out yet I do not think so They are still at limited capacity, but I believe there are great seats still available. If I am wrong in that, my apologies. But there's a game coming up later that you should, you know, there's other games coming up. But this week, 7 o'clock, Lupo Field over at Life University. They welcome in the San Diego Legion. San Diego is going to bring them because they probably watched that game too. And they said, you know what? This is what San Diego may be thinking. San Diego's going, you know what? ATL, they look pretty good. They're they're getting better at some things. We see some things they need to work on. There's some things San Diego needs to work on. They look and they go, you know what? We think ATL got lucky and held on and got a, a, a timely score to beat Toronto in round one. And in round two... We think we saw, we, we saw the same ATL team, but didn't get quite as lucky this time. Let the lead slip and old glory beat them. We think we can beat them too. Now they're wrong. I'll tell you that, they're wrong. And this is not any sort of personal bias or anything, but in seeing how San Diego has done so far this year, seeing ATL play in these two games here, If ATL keeps up the physicality, they stand behind that superior defense and they keep the ball moving. In rugby, you really want the ball to keep moving like that. You keep it moving, I very much think ATL can have a victory where they win by 7 to 10 points or better. They love playing at Lupo Field. They love hearing you scream and yell for them. Come see the game. It's like friends and family night. They always honor first responders as well. There's stuff going on at halftime. Let's see. I got a... I swear I got a... Where did I see it? Here we go. Game day timeline versus the San Diego, San Diego Legion, right? Here's stuff you need to know if you are coming to the game. If you're not, if you're tuning in from home, you can catch, catch the game live on Fox Sports 2, that's FS2. Or, as I said, it's a rugby app. If you're coming to the game, parking opens at 4 p.m. There's a VIP event, if you're a part of the VIP event and you know about it. If you do not know about it, you're probably not a part of it. Maybe you'll be a part of the next one. That begins at 5. At 5.30, the fan gates will open. Kickoff is going to be at 7. Essential health care workers' recognition is going to be at 7.20. That will be a break in the action. Parking and ticketing ticketing is closed at 7.30. Halftime is around 7.40. there's probably more to it, but it's not showing that on my feed but um either way, come check it out I'm gonna be there I might say hello'd love to talk to you guys love to meet you guys maybe you guys can educate me on rugby maybe I can educate you on rugby maybe you want to ask me about uh something else go for it you guys know the you guys know the deal if you see me out at an event hit me up. You don't even have to ask me anything except for one key thing. If we take a selfie and you put it on social media and you tag me, you tag Impact Media, I'll send you some swag. We're working on some new shirts right now. Uh, You got ideas for swag. Let me know. You guys want uh, coasters? You guys want uh, magnets or stickers or headbands? Let me know. We're working on a whole new... Whole new, uh whole new list of stuff right now. But that's how easy it is to see me at any of these events. Speaking of, like I said, that's at 7 is when that kickoff is. At 1 p.m. Yep, that's six hours before that. 1 p.m. at 5th Third Bank Stadium. Join me and a lot of other fun people as KSU will welcome in Robert Morris for a Big South battle. Now, as of right now, KSU is in first place in the Big South at uh, they are 3 and 0 overall, they are 1 and 0 in the Big South. They are tied with Monmouth at 1 and 0. And Robert Morris is a the team they need to beat. Because I don't know how things are going to shape out. I heard that maybe Kennesaw is ranked as high as 7th. I don't know how many they're going to put in the playoff this year. I don't know how many are playing this spring. That being said, there is a pretty good chance that if Kennesaw goes undefeated, they will be in the playoffs. Not quite as likely a chance that... They may have a home game, but we will just have to see how that goes. Because remember, they play, they play this week versus Robert Morris. Then next week is the season finale for them at Monmouth, which will be for the Big South crown. Winning the Big South will definitely put them in better contention, and it will knock Monmouth down a peg. There's a good chance if you win the Big South that you would probably get a home game. Maybe more. Who knows? But KSU, after not getting to play last week at Gardner-Webb because of... uh, I heard it was protocol-related, COVID protocol-related. But both teams are back and ready to play this week, so I really don't know. But I do know this game's going to happen. I've already spoken to them multiple times to make sure on top of uh, checking in some other places as well. But uh, either one of those places, if you see me, I am not a hard person to find at these events. Trust me, I stick out. I All but guarantee there is nobody who looks like me, is dressed like me at either one of these events. Not a bad thing. Come find me, come say hello at the very least. If you don't want to take a selfie, I totally understand. We can do a distance one as well, or you can just say, hey, I like the show because... Or, hey, I don't like the show because... Or, hey, will you buy me a cheeseburger? Maybe I will. That's the way my Saturday is shaping up. I hope yours is looking up as well. Um, Let me get through the the small notes. We'll end with the NFL. Hawks CMO Melissa Proctor is uh, finally getting some due and recognition. She is one of the highest female executives in the NBA, and I believe in sports. She uh, she is really up there. She has worked her way through the organization over many years, and uh, they are finally starting to profile uh, Melissa in a lot of really cool articles and, and news stories, and just Google her name and look at all the all the different ones, all the different things uh, where she is being featured. It is just fantastic, and, and it calls to order that the Hawks – are a very good organization, well-run organization, in that they are promoting the best person into positions and not the good old boy system, not just uh, one particular color or race. If you're qualified, you get a chance. And she's making the most of it. So congratulations to her on all the amazing things that she has been doing. Look forward to some other stuff that she uh we'll be doing in the future and go hawks, right? Go hawks. Uh the Mets and Francisco Lindor have agreed to a deal. Ten year three hundred forty one million dollars. I heard at one point they had ten million like two uh, three twenty five and he said no. He said more like fourteen, three eighty, so we get ten year, three forty one. I don't have a problem with it. Uh this solidifies a lot of things for the Mets. This uh, gives them a lot of clarity moving forward. And I think this is good for baseball. This is just the next in a, in a wave of all these young players, young stars are going to get these giant contracts. And we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, as I said, I did listen to the Braves game. Uh, so I heard the last three innings. Unfortunately, I missed all but the winning run because the Phillies got one run in the first, one run in the third, I believe. The Braves got a two-run game-tying home run from Kung Fu Panda himself, Pablo Sandoval. I like, that. how can you not like Kung Fu Panda? He is, he is a, he is going to be a real good Brave because fans are going to love him. He's, uh, he, he's really cool and fan-friendly. And then, as they went into uh, extra innings, which a couple other games did today, we got to see the new rule in action. The new rule in action, well, Ozzie Albee started on second in the top of the 10th because he made the last out of the ninth. You start a a runner on second. They got him as far as as third, and um, with one out, a short pop-up to to, uh, center field was caught. And he was gunned down at the plate when the throw pulled the catcher over towards the baseline. And as he went for the tag, he uh, he was like a wall when Albies went flying in and uh, ended the inning there. Bryce Harper started off as the runner at second for the Phillies because he made the last out in the ninth there. He ended up scoring. Phillies win an opening day 3-2. to two. Everybody played today, which I thought was uh, something more leagues should start doing instead of dividing them up. Everybody plays today. I don't think anybody plays tomorrow. It was a unless they decide to make up a game because a couple because of protocol were not played. A couple of them were postponed here and there. So tomorrow could be a makeup day, or if not, almost everybody resumes Saturday and Sunday series, and then we move on from there. But uh, I think baseball is starting to get it right with that that overtime rule, that uh, extra inning rule. There, I I think you're going to get where you like that because if not. This game could have been 16, 17, 18 innings, and we gotta be—you gotta be smarter than that. You, you really do. You gotta be smarter than that. So glad they were able to. I, glad they were able to put that in because I, I think that's a, a good thing. Uh, and last non-NFL story: North Carolina basketball coach and legend Roy Williams has retired. Uh, he was a Dean Smith disciple. You know, Dean Smith, the other great. North Carolina coach, uh, him and Coach K had some legendary battles, and uh, probably one of the best basketball, college basketball coaches of all time. I is probably, I mean, he, he's up there on anybody's list. So uh, wish him all the best in retirement, and uh, be interesting to see what the Blue Devils do, no, what the Tar Heels do going forward. Duke in the mind, apparently. All right. Some NFL news and notes. The Falcons are one of the teams that will play a home game in London. So to our resident Falcons uh, realist and apologist Reggie Walker, I ask, you, I simply ask you the question. I'll also send you a message earlier in case you uh, didn't catch it here. Will you go to London? Would like to know that, Falcons fans. In fact, Go ahead and send us uh, messages along with questions, comments, suggestions. If you want to go on and rate the show and tell me on the, when you rate the show if, and you're allowed to leave comments and questions, if, if you want to tell me if, if you plan on going to London or if you're thinking about it or if it's a heck no, let me know. Uh, Seattle and Tyler Lockett agree on a four-year, $69.2 million extension $37 million guaranteed. Tyler Lockett, man. He's, he's one of the better receivers. He's definitely one of the best ones uh, up there in that area for sure, and that's got to make Russell Wilson happy to keep one of his top targets around for uh, a good while. Uh, let's see. Dean Spanos and two of his siblings are in a battle involving the courts, even, or about to involve the courts with his, uh, with his sister. The sister wants to sell the team. When uh, when his dad passed and, and all of them got equal stakes in it over for the Chargers, uh, well, she's decided she wants to sell it. The problem is I don't think she can force a sell with only 25% stake. So my, my suggestion is Dean Spanos and your other two siblings, buy your sister out. Whatever her fair shake is, have it evaluated. Whatever her fair shake is, give her the money, and Zeus uh, is goose. Uh, let's see, Dan Snyder, he did, he did he he took my advice before I gave it to him. Uh, Dan Snyder buys out the minority owners, and by minority owners, I mean there was a forty point two percent stake among uh, a bunch of different other investors. For the Washington football team, well, he bought them all out. He is now 100% owner, and now we get to see what he can really do. Uh, Dan, I think that was—I've said some things for and against you over the years. I think this is—I think this is definitely a good thing, and now we're going to see. Now we're going to see what you can really do as an owner, because there's nobody to to uh, get in your way, and there's nobody to, to outvote you now, and, and uh, you are the voice in the room. So we we anticipate it. We want to see what's going to happen. Uh, everybody involved, including the Players Association, the players, and the, the uh, owners, have all decided that starting this year, we're going to play 17 games. There's going to be three preseason games now, not four, and basically one of the preseason games is going to turn into, well, you guessed it, the seventeenth game. Uh, you can go on your favorite team's website to determine or to see what game was added. I think the Falcons got. It's not the Dolphins. The Falcons got a pretty decent draw with the extra game. Um, there's some interesting matchups that that are going to happen because of this. Uh, I think I agree with a lot of other media people and and smart football people. This is a precursor to a handful of years from now there being 18 games. I would say within the next five to seven, because that's when the NFL can terminate the TV deals at a one-time termination. And then they can say, well, we're adding another game. We need more money. And they'll get it. I think at some point we're going to be at, at probably two preseason and eight regular season, 18 regular season. I think that's what we're going to. But for now, we just have 17 moving forward. And then lastly, but not least, on Friday, When the NFL universe got flipped upside down. Let's start here. Miami. Trades the number three. uh, The number three pick. Basically Miami moves from three to 12 in the first round. As they uh, as San Francisco moves up to three. It costs them three number ones in a third round to do that. That was a they, they basically swapped first round picks this year. And then the 49ers added a first-round pick next year and the year after and a third-round pick, I believe, this year. Pretty good haul. Pretty much says what is. <laughs> I had uh, a handful of people say, well, what do you think San Francisco's going to do? My guess is draft a quarterback. Just to not be captain obvious, but to be captain obvious, uh, you don't give up that much and move up. Unless you're the Falcons and you want Leo Jones, which, hey, i got to pan down. But you don't move all the way up for twelve to three unless you're taking a quarterback. My guess is uh if the Jets pick Zach Wilson, then I see Trey Lance or Mac Jones potentially going to San Francisco. If they don't pick Zach Wilson, well, San Francisco's gonna have their pick. You know? So that's San Francisco out of the way, and Miami is part of that. Now, Miami wasn't done because within, I don't know, an hour, they traded with Philadelphia. Philadelphia drops from 6 to 12. They pick up a bunch of picks. They need a lot of warm bodies over there. They need, need a lot, so the extra picks are going to help them. They've already said Jalen Hurts is their guy. They signed what Joe Flacco behind him. So they're not going to go for a quarterback right now. they beefed it up. They're going to put a lot of other people on offense. They're going to pretty much tell Jalen Hurts, Hey, you pretty much have till Thanksgiving. Show us what you got. Now Miami moves up to six. People say, why would they move up to six? Uh, they, They must not believe in Tua. They do. They believe in Tua. But here's what could happen at six. There are four or five quarterbacks going around. At least three will go in the top five. If at that point they like one of the remaining ones, they can take them. Or if they watch all the quarterbacks go off the board and... More than likely Cincinnati, I I could see, takes an offensive lineman. Then that leaves what Kyle Pitts. That leaves uh, any of the receivers. That leaves Miami with their pick of the board because nobody above them is – we know that from the San Francisco trade. Nobody in the top five is going to move anymore. We know that. So at number six, it's safe to say that they're going to get one of the three players they're eyeing right now. They pretty much let everybody else fight it out, and then they go, yes, I will take that. So, all in all, I I think Miami did the best here. San Francisco's going to get a guy to challenge Jimmy G after this year. It's kind of like the Falcons situation. After this year, both the Falcons and the 49ers can move on from the quarterbacks they are well indebted to right now. Just keep that in mind. But, that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this show so much fun to do each and every week. Thanks for tuning in to The Sports Show. Remember, go KSU, go Rugby ATL, go find me at these games, Pete. We'll see you next week. Deuces, subscribe!